Hello, this is Dr. Lakeisha Hudson, and today we have the honor of talking with Dr. Stephen Kennedy. And Dr. Kennedy is the Chief Operating Officer at Chi Sigma Iota, which is the Honor Society for School Counselors. So welcome, Dr. Kennedy. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Dr. Kennedy's uh, article is entitled School Counseling Website. Do they have content that serves diverse students? Um, Before we jump into the article, how did this topic or this article, this study, come about for you, Dr. Kennedy? Well, in between uh, my master's and my Ph.D., I spent uh, three years as a professional school counselor at a high school um, in North Carolina. And uh, one of the first things I had to do when I got to the school was uh, to update uh, the website because... Um, the the school counseling website was just kind of this bare-bones website that no one else knew how to edit, and uh, the the word counseling was even misspelled. And so I really wanted to build it into something that would be useful because I figured that uh, students and parents would be, you know, using it to to try to get uh, useful information from us. Um, So I had the experience of, you know, putting a school counseling website together, and then um, I because of what I've learned from that, I started uh, presenting on that topic at school counseling conferences. Then when I got into the first semester of my PhD program, I was in the uh, multicultural counseling class. And uh, that made me start thinking about, okay, how can we build websites um, that are not only comprehensive, but that also serve the needs of diverse groups of students? Mm-hmm. When we start reading this article, um, it's very evident that it is based on um, the ASCA model, and it's um, specifically talking about the 12 diversity dimensions of the ASCA ethical standards. What exactly are those 12 diversity dimensions? Certainly. I'll say that I was very glad to see that ASCA included these 12 dimensions along with a statement that uh, school counselors really need to advocate for and affirm all students from diverse populations. And uh, they may, were they were careful to define uh, diversity very well in a number of different areas. Uh, so the 12 areas are ethnic and racial identity, age, economic status, abilities and disabilities, language, immigration status, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity and expression, family type, religious or spiritual identity, and appearance. With these 12 dimensions, if a a comprehensive school counseling program doesn't pay attention and incorporate this into their program, is there any danger? Is, is, Is there some concern if these are lacking from a program? Well, I think that there would be because... You know, every school does include uh, many different uh, types of students, um, although some include, you know, larger populations, say, of uh, perhaps immigrants or um, larger populations of of students with disabilities. So there are variations. But nevertheless, um, if you aren't addressing all of these areas, um, even if a few students don't receive the services they need, that's still students who are not um, benefiting from uh, the school counseling program and really something that ASCA and that all school counselors should um, advocate for is programs that really meet the needs of every student and are structured to do that. Absolutely. Um, In 
in your own experience, you've kind of touched on this, but when we're looking at building school websites uh, for school counselors, what are what are some of the benefits of having a school counselor website? Well, it can provide an excellent way for um, students, parents, uh, also other stakeholders, uh, like people in the community or administrators, um, to access uh, resources uh, that will benefit them. Um, so uh, one of the things I talk about in the article that uh, thankfully the data show the law school counselors are doing is providing uh, financial aid information mm-hmm. uh, to students. Um, if they're going to be applying to college, um, access to uh, databases of scholarships, um, as well as how to apply for um, federal financial aid. Um, so that sort of information. Um, also, it can provide uh, information about um, services that go beyond the scope of school counseling, uh, such as a student if a student needs a long-term counseling for a clinical mental health issue or for, uh, say, grief and loss. If it's something that uh, the, the school counselor is not able to provide um, at the school, uh, it can direct them to, to those sort of resources. Um, other ways, uh, they don't really touch on the article, but it's a great way to get feedback. Um, like I built a survey into our website, so mm, um, nice. parents and students could give feedback about you know types of groups that they want us to offer at the school, um, you know, important topics for classroom guidance lessons, um, just so we were getting that uh, stakeholder input when we put together our uh, curriculum uh, for the year. That's a great idea. And, um, <laughs> So that was very, very helpful. Um, also, just, just making sure you're accessible um, in that, you know, provi- including your own contact information, uh, information about uh, who you are so that uh, they understand, you know, the counselors are, um, you know, well qualified to work with students on a variety of issues. Um, and then uh, one thing I, I know we'll touch on more in, 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 regarding the article is uh, statements of non-discrimination, which was an important thing that uh, I looked at in this uh, article. Awesome. And, you know, and I'm thinking even on like a basic level, I think about the fact that um, we are tasked with providing data about what we do and how what we do directly impacts students. And a lot of times um, things that school counselors do aren't necessarily quantifiable. They're they're qualitative. But a website is a wonderful way to kind of show what it is we do and what we're doing in a school. Exactly, and I'm glad you brought that up because another thing I included on our website was these are the duties of a school counselor. Yes. <laughs> um, based those on ASSA standards and so that, you know, stakeholders, um, including parents and students, but also administration, understood that, you know, these are the appropriate duties for a school counselor and what we intend to be focusing on. Awesome. Now, let's talk a little bit about the study. Give us kind of the framework of of what the study was, what it looked at. What does this study look like? Um, So the study uh, is set up as a a content analysis, if you're familiar with that uh, type of research. Yes. And what I was doing was I essentially created a uh, rubric based on those 12 diversity dimensions, And then I reviewed uh, school counseling websites, um, all of which were from uh, my state. Um, And so I I only ended up only focusing on um, high school uh, counseling websites. 
um, because the because that was a manageable sample size. It was still well over a 300. And um, analyzed each of those websites and looked at whether they addressed uh, those uh, 12 dimen- sorry, diversity dimensions in a few different ways. Uh, first of all, um, I wanted to know if they included that a dimension and a statement of non-discrimination on the website. So, like, if they had a statement of non-discrimination, did it address, you know, ethnic and racial identity, economic status, abilities and disabilities, all of those 12 diversity dimensions? I also looked at whether text and documents on the website addressed those dimensions. Uh, so those would be actual, you know, things that the counselors had written onto the website or documents they had developed themselves and posted. Mm. I know often, you know, many school counselors, especially at first, might not have a chance to, um, you know, develop a lot of their own resources. That, t- that takes some time. Um, so uh, then the next question was, well, uh, if they don't have their own text and documents, do they provide external links uh, to related services um, or resources? you know, links to outside websites that are less relevant. And then finally, I looked at whether there's a financial aid information related to that dimension, because often there are um, specific scholarship opportunities for students from, um, you know, specific diverse populations. Right, okay. And in looking and analyzing this information for the over 300 uh, high schools, what, what results did you find? Um, so the results uh, that I found were um, what I, I had expected based on previous research. Uh, there was there were a couple studies that have been done pretty early on in school counseling websites that were um, probably close to 10 years before I uh, did this one. So mm-hmm. the, the data was a bit outdated, but nevertheless, they found that um, not many uh, school counselors were, were using uh, websites, or at least were not building very comprehensive websites. Um, so I was expecting similar results, although I expected that uh, use would have, you know, improved and uh, since uh, 2005. Right. <laughs> developing websites, yeah, and, uh, and uh, more resources being out there. And so um, I, the results did uh, follow that, where in most cases it was a fairly percentage of the websites that did, you know, have what I was looking for in each of those four areas and any of the um, diversity dimensions. Um, there were a couple exceptions. Um, for instance, uh, two-thirds, 67% uh, provide financial aid information or scholarships related to ethnic and racial identity. Um, over 90% uh, had a uh, financial aid information for uh, students um, who would qualify for financial assistance um, based on our economic status. Um, so there were some encouraging um, results there, but nevertheless, overall, um, many of these were not um, were not addressed. There were very few, um, less, less than 5% of school housing websites even had a statement of non-discrimination, and um, some of uh, the areas um, within the dimensions, um, especially language, uh, gender identity, expression, were not um, addressed. Mm. And then um, there weren't uh, many, um, you know, text or documents that school counselors posted. I found very few of those, aside from the one exception, was a good number of websites that provide information about um, how to obtain a few waivers, like for the SAT and ACT. Mm. Um, and then. Um, 
the websites did a better job of linking to outside resources. Um, again, uh, some areas were very lacking. Um, no, none of the websites had any uh, resources related to either sex orientation or gender identity and expression. Mm. Um, and then in the financial aid information, um, as I said, there were a few areas where it, um, a majority of the websites had them. But still, uh, there weren't many websites, smaller percentages, had uh, scholarships or financial aid information relating to students of, uh, you know, who might be... Uh, immigrants or undocumented immigrants or who might speak a different language um, or uh, who, again, they're with uh, of different sexual orientations or, or gender identities. Okay. And, you know, in, in listening to you talk about these results, I think about when I was actually in a school as a school counselor and uh, we had, for instance, talking about LGBTQT uh, community, we had signs everywhere, like in our office, in the hallways, about how the counseling office was a safe haven and, um, you know, a place where you could talk and get resources. But I'm thinking about our own website, and I don't think we had information on our web page about, um, you know, how to get help or how to get uh, resources um, if, you, if you needed them for that particular area. Um, in, in your opinion, why do you think that there is this lack of information on the websites? There's probably a few reasons. Um, well, one thing that I discovered when doing the, these conference presentations is um, some counselors felt that they lacked uh, the technical skills um, in order to you know, edit the website or they um, hadn't received you know, appropriate training for, from the, the school district or the um, uh, tech services at their own school. Mm. Um, so that's definitely something to advocate for. If you don't know how to edit your website, um, then um, ask to receive a training about how to do that. If it's a website platform that's very hard to edit, um, then uh, advocate for, for changes to that, some sort of upgrade, um, even to the point of you know setting up your own uh, website outside of it that school can link to, um, which is uh, usually an extreme case, but uh, just to make sure that you can't do have a way to put a comprehensive uh, school counseling website together. And then also, I think um, you know time is a factor as well, um, and uh, it, yes. it was tough for me going in to my first job as a school counselor to find time to edit the website. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I can see a, a school counselor struggling with that as they, if they're the one who gets put in charge, uh, with, yeah, right. uh, in charge of that straight out of the gate. Um, so I would encourage you know everyone to remember that Rome isn't. Uh, wasn't built in a day, so, um, you know, this is something that you can develop and work on over time. Yes, and, you know, talking about that and, you know, working on it over time, what would you suggest are some ways forward in building better websites? So, learn about, and there are, are resources out there about, you know, how to, first of all, design a website so that it will be uh, accessible. By the way, this this also plays into access by um, students with uh, disabilities or students who speak different languages. You know, is there uh, a way for the website to you know have a have a um, is it uh, able to be read out loud? You know, often no. people uh, no. who are blind 
have a program on their computers that can read the certain websites, but uh, the out loud to them. But the website has to be compatible with that, for instance. Right. Also, you know, does it have one thing I looked at? Does the website have documents uh, for students who speak other languages? And one um, encouraging example I found was a school district where. That their community happened to have a large, uh, large population of immigrants from uh, Russia and Moldavia, and so they had developed documents in those languages because that was specific to their community, and they knew that they had a lot of students and parents who would need, you know, uh, documents and translations in that language. I will say, thankfully, that's getting a lot easier in that you know translation services have improved a lot. And so the sort of things that you can do, like through through Google Translate, have become a lot more uh, reliable. Right. Are there um, any other suggestions for ways forward? I mean, definitely, yes. Seeking professional development, um, looking at, um, you know, and, and other things like with, with basic web design, you know, how is the information going to be accessible? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would like encourage you to do is, you know, since your students, your parents are the ones who are using the website, uh, ask them to look at it and tell them what they think of it because yeah. they're your stakeholders. And if they think like it needs to be, could be better organized in some way, or if it's lacking resources mm-hmm. that are available, uh, that way you will know. Yes, that's an excellent suggestion. And I'm just thinking about like the flyers that we put up and um, information that we put on bulletin boards, it's easy, you know, or a lot easier now to scan that information or sometimes we get that information through email to just go ahead and also post it to our website, have an area for that kind of information. And it just seems like a part of it is kind of um, a mind shift, like including that in our thoughts, the website in our thoughts when we are putting out and disseminating information. Yeah, and the resources are out there. I mean, so a couple of the ones I mentioned, the article, for instance, um, like uh, um, because of the, the lack of um, information for LGBT students um, that was on the websites I reviewed, you know, there are organizations like the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, uh, GLSEN, that provide uh, resources um, that so you can either link to or, or download and post on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, the ASCA website um, has, and they have the ASCA C networking site. Yes. Uh, they have a variety of resources posted. Yes. And so there certainly are resources that you can, that have already been made that you can get. And this isn't, uh, you don't have to develop everything else yourself. Yes, very true. Well, I'd like to thank you very much, Dr. Kennedy, for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, This is great information, and it definitely gives us food for thought as we always strive to improve what we do um, as as our skill, as our profession. And our bottom line is always to um, help students succeed. Um, And this is definitely an avenue in which to do that. So thank you very much for this information today. Thank you for inviting me, and and to everyone who's listening to this, um, thank you for everything that you do as a professional school counselor. I know that's a, a job that includes a lot of many different roles, um, but it's uh, it's just so critical uh, to students' development. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. 
As always, if you have any questions or comments for today's guest speaker, feel free to email me at lakeisha.hudson at pac.dodea.edu. I will be sure to forward those questions and comments for a reply. Have a great day.